Hello and good morning. I'm sure that all of you, my dear listeners, feel that there is nothing to talk about this morning other than the loss of our dear Queen Elizabeth II. A woman who has showed the whole world over a period of 71 years how a ruler could and should dedicate his or her life to the welfare of the people he or she rules over. Her dedication, her fulfillment of her promise on taking on the monarchy, that she will dedicate all her life, and that means all her life to the service of the people. It is a really quite a divine way of creating a system whereby that impassionate, that very neutral person can lead not only a country but a series of countries, the Commonwealth, what remains of the colonies, and indeed form an example to the whole world. She was the most well-recognized figure anywhere in the world. And she fulfilled her promise to almost the very last day of her life. We have seen her on television, literally, the day before she passed away. I have many recollections of many rulers around the world. I have lived long enough to witness changes so many times over so many countries. But there was one, almost one constant in my life since I began being aware of issues about life and country. And that was the Queen. And it goes back to my days in Egypt. We were a, a British protectorate and I was in an English school. And we used to sing, Long Live the King, until the King died and the Queen took over. While that may not have been of great consequence for my life at that time, I hadn't realized that later on it will become an important part of the nation I shall belong to. When I first came to England, I was studying in the Royal College of Surgeons in Lincoln's Infield. And we had a, an official visit by the Queen. I happened to be by chance over there. I saw her then as a young, glamorous lady, respectable, dignified, and glamorous in a simplistic way not in a flashy way of any kind. 
That was my first glimpse of her. I saw her at other times at reasonably close quarter, but never had a chance, of course, to encounter her personally. I saw her in Windsor Castle when she was entertaining the royal visit of Queen Abdullah II of Jordan. I saw her at the 800th celebration of the anniversary of the Magna Carta in Runnymede. And I never failed to admire her. And I know that I'm talking from my heart as everyone else is feeling in his or her heart. Yes, we have lost her. But maybe this is the right time for her to pass into that other world where I think she will be met by the angels who would recognize what she has done in her lifetime. The world is going into turmoil and she is getting towards an age where it would have been difficult for her to cope and I think passing the baton to her son at this juncture probably is a divine act of compassion on her and on all of us. We will all remember her, we will all feel the loss, but we also have to look at the future. And we have in His Majesty King Charles III a person of maturity, of understanding, of great interest in everything that's going around him in the world. A person who was able to look impassionately at the world and how things are developing and express his opinion quite candidly at many times. He is now in a position where he will have to take a different action and positioning of his authority. He may not be able to express himself as freely as before, but I'm sure within the right circles he will have the effect that we all hope for. I am delighted and so impressed with the seamless motion and the seamless passing of that royal baton with all the pomp and glory and the ceremony and the gun salute. This is a country I'm very proud of belonging to. We have lost a great monarch, but we have gained another great man. And I would like to end by joining you all in saying, Long live King Charles III.
God save the king. Goodbye.